The Evolve Pod is hosted and produced by TriSwimCoaching.com, the home of expert swimming, open water and triathlon coaching for all abilities in Oxfordshire. If you're interested in getting involved in multi-sport, please visit TriSwimCoaching.com and get yourself set up for a free consultation with me to see how we can help your triathlon performance. We're also supported by Notepad. Notepad are a kick-ass Birmingham-based branding agency who formulate crystal clear strategy alongside jaw-dropping design to make your brand truly unbeatable. You can check them out via their website at notepadstudio.com. Lastly, as a little benefit for the listener, I've teamed up with The Fell Store, an independent business created in lockdown to inspire more people to enjoy the mental and physical benefits of nature and the outdoors. They provide tasty, lightweight, dehydrated and freeze-dried meals ideal for any outdoor adventure. You can use the promo code EVOLVE15 on checkout to get 15% off all meals. Welcome back to episode 39 of the Evolve Pod. This week I'm bringing on a client of mine, Andrew Fowell. So Andrew has recently finished the Summer Spine Race, which is a 268-mile continuous ultra run up the Pennine Way uh, from the Peak District all the way up across the border over Hadrian's Wall into Scotland. There's actually a hell of a lot more to Andrew than just this race. The reason why I wanted to get her on was to talk to her about her mindset, the psychology about what she does, her position as a sustainable explorer to the North Pole, and how all of her experiences have allowed her to actually contemplate giving these challenges a go. We also delve into self-perception. What does Andrea think of herself as an explorer, as an athlete? What makes a great challenge? And ultimately, what makes Andrea tick? So for me, this is a really cool episode because it's quite personal to me because I've been working with Andrea for quite a few months now, and we've achieved as a team, we've achieved some really good things. But I really hope, and I'm pretty sure that this episode will bring you lots of learnings as a listener. So please do have a listen and learn and grow. As always, if you do love the content or you think it's beneficial to yourself and other people, I'd really appreciate a share of the content and a review on Apple Podcasts. This content is all about helping people. It's all about inspiring people and giving people the wherewithal to really help themselves to thrive and to grow. So thank you, everybody, and I'm really looking forward to you listening to this episode. Hello, and welcome back to episode 39 of the Evolve Pod. This week, uh, I've got a client of mine, Andrea, who I've been working with, or we've been working together for, for quite a few months now, and I've been sort of quietly teeing up this episode of the podcast, sort of, sort of thinking when might be the right time to get Andrea on. Andrea is a very, very interesting, engaging, and very highly qualified and achieved person and I'm really excited to bring Andrew onto the podcast today. Andrew's recently finished the summer spine race which for those that don't know is a 268 mile continuous multi-day run up the Pennine Way. Um, I think you finished it in just under six days is that right Andrea? Yeah yeah so a few hours quicker than the last time but yeah just under six days. Amazing, amazing. <laughs> We've obviously had our conversations on it, but you know, live on the podcast. Congratulations and what an amazing achievement! Oh, I, wow, thank you. Uh, and I wanted to kind of kick off this podcast by the first question, which is kind of like a loose introduction to kind of some of the things that you do. 
what was it like to finish something like the spine race where you've been running for yeah best part of six days five and a half six days through the night various checkpoints which you've got limited time where you can stay on and finishing at sort of three o'clock in the morning you sent me a photo of crossing the finish line kind of in the dark with a big grin on your face and what's it like to finish to finish a mammoth challenge sort of in the dark in the night time yeah um well first thing is relief and then I just burst into tears and and I think it was because it wasn't what I planned and when you and I had been talking about the race and and the multi-days and how to how to approach it I had planned that I would finish in the daylight because actually the descent off the Cheviots is beautiful and I had it all planned but of course things never quite go to plan and so I ended up in a storm being moved on and not being able to stay in in the mountain refuge huts because people were coming up behind me and being given a two second two minute um, lesson in how to deal if I was struck by lightning and thrown out so I thought okay I do what anyway off I went and then as I got to the second refuge and thought no it's fine I've got through the thunderstorm I'll rest here go down in the daylight because it's quite a steep descent I came across someone who was really in trouble and had to call the um, uh, call the emergency services and get someone to him. He did finish. He's an awesome athlete. But um, when I got to the second hut, they said, no, you're going to have to keep moving because we're waiting for, for this chap to come in. We we now know he's, he's poorly. So on I went and I was really, really tired. And the last couple of miles just go on forever. But what I have to say about the spine is the organisation and they talk about being in the spine family or the spine bubble and there is still a crowd and there is still a photographer and the guy who runs the event who's who's the co-founder is there he sees every single person in so I think whether it's 3am or 3pm there's a big fanfare as you come in and you you kind of kiss the wall and you have a little interview and a video and and suddenly the relief the tears then everything starts to hurt and you just want to sit down but I was wired. I was I was buzzing because because it had really gone well, and I was just super chuffed. So um, for that event, whether you finish at three a.m. or three p.m., I think the feeling is the same. And it's probably just as well I didn't see that to say because I think it's pretty scary. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes, yeah, best best in the dark, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, there's 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 a lot that, that we can get into just from the spine race, but obviously working backwards, you know, the spine race is not an event that you enter lightly on a whim. It, it's kind of you need to be experienced, <laughs> you need to be qualified, you need to have, um, you know, a lot of skills under your belt to enable you to even get to that start line. Um, and you've had a go, is it one or two goes at it before? Yeah, I'd had one go where, by the grace of God, I think, by the skin of my teeth or the skin of my feet, I got through and I was the last person to finish. Um, the next time I went with a friend and that was a disaster. She wrote mind me saying it's much harder running for two than for one, which was a shame because she and I have done lots of stuff together and, and we just made a mess of it. So there was redemption and there was there was I guess it was setting why did I want to go again because within minutes of finishing last time or not finishing last time I pressed enter again and it was about giving a good account of myself and learning from all the things that had gone wrong and just being in a more experienced position I think to go back and have another go do you know it's not over till it's over anything can go wrong at any moment you are on a knife edge for that week 
But I, I, I think with your help particularly, I mean, we nailed it, didn't we? I'm conscious of this whole army of people around me mm-hmm. who, make, who, who kind of make these things happen, you know, whether it's James on nutrition or, or a long-suffering husband or, or you in the work we've done together. It's, it's a success for all of us. So, um, yeah, it was a much better performance. I'm much prouder of myself this time. So what what do you think then was the the kind of the difference then you know you've alluded to getting the right people around you what do you think yeah. for, for you the person you know because obviously we've worked together on it I'm not the person doing it so I kind of <laughs> guide you through the the process up to it but you're the person that puts one foot in front of another to get yourself to the finish line through you know let's not forget some really tough terrain some pretty adverse yeah. weather conditions midgy bikes through the night etc what is yeah. it then about that kind of redemption that gets you through yeah. that, that that challenge it, um yeah I mean you might have felt like you were with me some of the times I mean I, let me just say that message from Annie when I can see Hadrian's wall in the distance and I'm really at a low point I'm thinking that's 30 miles away and I know there's another 10 miles beyond that this day and, and, and anyway so I think you probably do feel like you were with me some of the way um I think I'm, the navigation is massive. So I was better at the navigation. I knew the route and I'd fine-tuned some navigation skills. I, um, I, I realised I could move fast when I needed to, to make sure that I had time at the checkpoints to sleep. It's about sleep deprivation and about keeping your wits about you. So because because of the work we've done with running and, and speed work and you've had me running into the dark, out of the dark, you've had me sleeping in hedges, you've had me doing stuff sleep deprived. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we laugh, don't we? But actually, I was sleeping in a church and sleeping in a public loo and, and having to get up after 90 minutes nap and get moving again and get the nap out. And so, so it was rehearsal rehearse 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 I felt like I was rehearsing more than training we were we were kind of doing a bit of jeopardy work weren't we and thinking about what what could go wrong let's rehearse that so um so definitely that was better the nutrition was better and that was some work with James again part of the army part of your gang and I think just looking deep in myself to understand what I wanted to achieve, what were going to be the success markers, how would I know it was going well, how would I feel, so I nailed that, I knew if I didn't have the sleep monsters, I knew if I could keep my wits about me with the navigation, which was easier because I knew more of the route, I surprised myself that I could really shift when I had to, and that was about getting as much done in the daylight hours as possible, so all round, I think I just turned up, taking it a bit more seriously, probably taking myself a bit more seriously and thinking, I've got to nail this. It, it's, I've spoken to you about this. It's that moment when you look in the mirror and you think you have got to really step up now. You've got to be the best version of yourself and you have got to make yourself proud. So in the past, I've done stuff because I want to make the kids proud and that kind of always makes me well up but this time I think I realized and there have there has been a shift in the six or seven months or so we've worked together maybe longer that has been a shift to thinking actually no I've got to make myself proud and then I'm good for everybody else then I'm a better person to be around at work 
just just a better athlete I suppose even to call myself an athlete you know is, is me taking myself seriously which a year ago I didn't do it's really interesting obviously you know um this podcast a lot of it is about finding out people's reasons why and <laughs> people's people's reasons why don't always have to be fixed and it's interesting that you're still on that kind of a bit of a shift of almost prioritizing actually that you yourself are the focus point of achieving a challenge rather than doing it <laughs> for the benefit of other people so that's quite yeah. uh, an interesting take on it and it's also I find it really interesting that that you know that refocus onto putting yourself as the kind of priority to make yourself proud of yourself has actually spurred you on to really achieve something truly pretty epic oh thank you it's um I think having a training plan, I, I mean, it's really back to basics, isn't it? To have a training plan, you know you've got to do what's on the plan. You've spent a lot of money. You're, you've, you've spent your money on your entry fee. You've spent your money on your kit. You know, you're taking this really seriously. Time training actually is really indulgent because it's when you're on your own. Nobody can have a bit of you. Nobody wants you. You're focusing on yourself. And because you're so results driven or trust the process you know process driven every workout has a purpose because you can then relate to that purpose you can gauge your progress and it's just more meaningful and satisfying so I think I just took the whole process engaging a trainer and and just took the whole process more seriously rather than just get through on a wing and a prayer yeah Interesting. You met, you talked a little while ago about um, the sort of the this is the kind of the hidden world of ultra running, particularly the multi-day stuff. So like the sleeping in a church or in a bush or go, going out for a training session at two o'clock in the morning to run sort of from the dark into the light and that kind of thing that many people don't necessarily um, understand or appreciate. And it kind of leads me on to the next question that I wanted to put towards you. So, for example, when you were undertaking the spine I was closely following your your little dot on the map on the tracking system <laughs> and people various people you know what's how's well, you know how are you doing Ali you okay and I was like yeah I'm you know I've got uh, one of my clients doing this amazing race and some of the words that people sort of say along that lines of Jesus like is she bonkers or like you, gotta, <laughs> you like you know you've got to be mad or you've got to be nuts to do that that type of thing when you hear that because you must hear that when when people find out about you and what you've what you've achieved and there's there's way more than just the spine race what you've achieved which we're going to come on to later on but how do you feel when people sort of say oh you've got to be bonkers or you must be nuts to kind of do that sort of a challenge I think it's a compliment actually I, I, I couldn't take it any other way I, <laughs> I think what really surprises me is that people are interested and actually they really really are they do want to know about it and I realize that touched that people are interested and they want to know about it and if they get me going as you can tell I'll, I'll tell them all about it and they you know people want to help and people want to be involved if they can be um and I, and I think what what I realize is we is it is we make the extraordinary ordinary for ourselves you know the idea of, of covering that kind of distance a couple of years ago would have been impossible but everything we do is a stage to the next thing it's a bridge so people will do marathon day Saab, for example and that's massive but then you think well actually maybe I could keep going and and and, and, and that's simply what's happened you know is, is over the years I've just 
thought, right, what next? What next? You get that level of fitness and that level of self-esteem. And then I think, what next? So, I mean, everyone will say this. You you know, you come away from an event and you go, I am never, ever, ever doing that again. And within 12 hours, you're thinking, maybe I will. Maybe I could do better next time. (laughs) What's bigger? What's longer? (laughs) <laughs> yeah and and what am I capable of you know it's, it's hard it's much easier to sit at home on the sofa and drink wine and watch the soaps but actually you get out what you put in and if you you put the effort in the rewards the way you feel afterwards make the effort worthwhile and I, I'm not saying it's easy because it's not and and there's lots of time we don't want to go out and train do we 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 don't, but we force ourselves because we know we're going to feel better afterwards. So what would you so, say is what would you say is the hardest bit then? Would you say uh, the training is the hard bit or the event <laughs> is the hard bit? Because there's the uh, kind of no. there's, there's that adage, isn't there? For, like the training is the hard bit, the racing should be the easy bit. Do you feel that applies to some of the things you've done, like the spine? Yeah, I wouldn't say the, the race or the event is easy because you're on it, you know, and you should be focused on it and doing your best. But no, the, the training, I mean, the training is so hard. I mean, I, I think I've made you laugh in the past. So, you know, 9.15 on a Thursday night, I actually should be in bed. But what I'm really doing is driving to Abingdon to get in the pool. And at 10 o'clock, and my, my rest day is Friday, and I'm absolutely shattered. I'm hiding under the springboard, hoping you won't see me. <laughs> <laughs> Having a chat. And you, you say, come on, it's the business end of, of the session. We've got 15 minutes. And, and actually, you're completely right. So we all just up our day, 15 minutes training in the week. And we come out of that pool. And I don't know if you can hear us, but we're walking back to the car park. You know, the chests are puffed, our shoulders are back. And we're just really pleased and proud of ourselves. And, and you know, you and Annie are getting that out of not just me, but all of us. It's it's the crowd around me. So, no, the training's really hard. We'd all we'd all rather stay under the duvet, but you get out what you put in. I'm, I'm convinced of that. Oh, I, I 100% I agree with you on that. You know, if you don't put the effort in you don't really get an opportunity to to show exactly what you're capable of which is something that you just sort of quoted a few minutes yeah. ago you know it's, a, it's an opportunity to to find out what you are actually capable of and that's something that I want to come to in a little while about how how you sort of perceive yourself before mm-hmm. we do that it's kind of come up already a couple of times about surrounding yourself with the people or you know the right kind of team or the athlete network that I like to call it so around you you know who have you got around mm-hmm. you that kind of helps in times of need or injuries rehab the psychological start side of what you do and you know for you now with all the years of experience you've got under your belt of you know some very extreme challenges what value do you put on the athlete network and getting the right people around you? I think I think it's essential. And um, you're, they say, don't they, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. You know, the energy, you, you kind of find your tribe and then you don't have to explain yourself. So you're not being called bonkers or nutters. You, you're just with people who get it and... It's not necessarily competitive, but it's really supportive. And you just want to turn up and hang out with people who are high energy. I mean, again, you'll remember that night Annie was in the pool with us. You know, the energy in that pool was was sky high just because everyone was completely buzzing. So it's 
it's endorphins, isn't it? You know, they're a drug, they're legal, they're free. Why wouldn't you want to get those? And you, 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 it's where you take your reference points from. So as I say, it's not necessarily competitive, but you think, well, actually that person is, is doing that. And, and coming down the swim lane, for example, you know, next to Justin or, or, or John or someone else. And I think, oh yeah, okay. So I can, I can see what they're doing. I can see what Ali means. And it just is a very positive, thriving environment. And I think, I think actually, you've got a, you have got a fit. Just move on, whether it's a running club or a swimming club or a tri club or whatever it might be. But um, they're like-minded people, and they are going to be one of the reasons you get off that sofa and and, and get going. And then self-care sounds a bit indulgent, but particularly being a bit more mature, I think it's not just about beasting yourself out running or, or, or cycling or whatever the, the sport may be. It's actually it's holistic and think about yoga, you know, think about massage, think about nutrition. And it means you just feel much better as a person because you've got the right people around you all willing you on. You know, it's, it's, like, it's like being an army um being part of an army so no no one wants to train in a silo so get out and 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 find your tribe and I I have and and the results follow you know it has to be effective or for me it's been effective because I've achieved much more than I've than I've done previously and internally just been more serious I think okay interesting (laughs) What do you mean? <laughs> so there's been a cut. There's been a few times, obviously, in the last few years with other challenges that you've done. So we're going to go down towards the swimming side of things now with the channel relay attempts, um, which haven't been as successful as you might have hoped. And what part of getting the right people around you has played into the kind of success slash perceived failure of those two sort of um, relay attempts we are allowed to say fail aren't we I know everybody feels yeah but I Uh, mean with with failure there's always learning though isn't it so you can always you always grow from it so it's uh, I'm sort of conscious of I always say perceived failure just to make sure that we're we're kind of focusing on things that you grow from it but that's why we love you because you always find a positive or you always turn you, you you always couch things in positive terms but um having done lots of things on my own over the years I've always been really fascinated more recently fascinated by how a team works you know I see very successful hockey teams or rugby teams football teams swimming teams channel teams and one of the three massive things I've always wanted to do is swim the channel I'm not that good a swimmer to do it solo so so form a team and and in 2020 I formed a team with some friends from from the local gym and we were all very pally and it was all lovely and off we went and it was a disaster so third swimmer in didn't make her hour the rest of us were able to get wet but we're back in Dover within about three hours and on the M25 coming home and yes but when I look back I realized we didn't take it seriously enough we weren't invested enough in the common cause and we hadn't we hadn't trained enough you know we hadn't rehearsed enough we hadn't given ourselves any room when things started to go wrong 
And so the next year I thought, no, I'll go and I'll join a charity and I'll do a charity place and I'll have all the support and the common cause. And actually we did have a really fantastic team, but the conditions were against us. And actually I was the last swimmer and I got in and my nerves got the better of me. I couldn't get my breath. I couldn't start swimming. The onus had been on me to rescue the situation. I thought I internally perceived I needed to rescue the situation and put a stonking hour in. I wasn't capable of it. I think actually the day was over before even I got in, but came away again going, oh God, no, another team where it hasn't worked. Where where am I going to find my my team and my purpose? So actually, Ali, as you know, I'm thinking, right, let's go back to basics. Let's swim faster. Let's be a better swimmer and let's have another go. But the perception of me having failed twice is really knocking my confidence to to go and try again. And it's going to be it is going to be really hard. The day I have to slip off that back of that boat to do my leg. I mean, I actually, as I sit here now, I, I can't imagine doing it. But there's so much I've got to do between now and then. Uh, you're absolutely right. We, we, we take experiences. You know, you've got to be able to reflect. You've got to be able to, I think, have open conversations with those people about what worked, what didn't work, where we went wrong, and not take it too personally. It's, it, it, you know, a team should be better than the sum of its parts. But I haven't, haven't quite got it right yet. So it's work in progress. Yeah, it's work in progress indeed. And um, the teamwork for me is is massive. You know, whether it's uh, teamwork around you to achieve a personal goal or whether it's teamwork around a team to all achieve together, I think having that network around you is so, so, so important. You touched upon like vulnerability and like knowing each other on a really fun sociable level, but knowing each other on a very personal deep level. So you can have those awkward conversations you can have those really encouraging conversations and I think when you have those teams around you and people buy into each other's success that's when you have the sort of the ultimate platform to actually perform and succeed but you mentioned there about you you know using the channel swimming as as an example of how you perceive yourself Mm. I'd like to I'd like to know I have a rough idea of how you perceive yourself because we've been working together for for quite a while now and we've had lots of interesting conversations about (laughs) things you've achieved and things you feel like you need to work on etc how do you what is your perception of self like if you could describe yourself what would you I'm really interested to work to to listen to what that might sound like I would I would describe myself as not being very clever but I work really hard and therefore I it doesn't come easy to me so I have to put a lot of effort in, but I can be absolutely my own worst enemy and totally cut off my nose to spite my face. I mm-hmm. things I say to myself. So the first two days of that spy race, you know, that incessant negative chatter in my head, it absolutely nearly derailed me. You know, I really had to get a grip and and quash it and and. And the self-flagellation, you know, there must be easier ways to self-harm than, than that kind of constant <laughs> chatter in there. <laughs> you know, there must be. So. I mean, some would and, say running 258 miles or whatever it is would be, would be enough. <laughs> much easier than, than listen to me, you know, talk about myself. And and we, we I say things to myself that I would never dream of letting anyone else say to me or say of anyone else. And I, 
I, I find that perplexing. So my, my perception is I have to work hard and I, and I can work hard, but I can really spiral downwards with self-doubt and low esteem. And, and the self-deprecation -depre is that word, you know, I'll, I'll put myself down if, before anybody else does. I kind of want to get in there first. And I don't know why. I don't know why. And, and it's, it's hard. It's a hard habit to break. Because I'd like to think it's endearing, but actually it's not. It's probably really boring. <laughs> I think we all have an element of that to some degree or another in terms of, you know, we've, we've spoken a lot recently about the things that we say to ourselves. You know, I, I know hand on heart, some of the things I say to myself about myself, if someone else was to tell me that, I would, wouldn't react particularly well. But mm. yeah, I allow myself to tell myself those things. So in, in the context of a challenge, and when I say a challenge, I mean any challenge in life, you know, we're using mm. the examples of the physical things that you've managed to achieve. But how do you, let's say, let's take the spine again, those first two days of the self chit chat. Yeah sort of almost you know tripping yourself up with your own words how do you then pull yourself back out of there to then run for another three days probably with more ups and downs that you may or may not remember yeah. to get across that finish line kiss the wall and, and have like one of the yeah. best best experiences you can remember you know yeah um I think there's some tricks so have you ever played the glad game so you, no. you have to okay so you have to find five things that you're really glad about in that particular situation well I'm really glad that it's the middle of the night because look the moon is beautiful rather than my feet really hurt or or um just just turning I think capturing what actually happens is you capture that negative thought and turn it into a positive and by chanting repeating and there's plenty of time for chat out there you know hour after hour. <laughs> I can see why people write books in their head um just just turn it around so um just remind yourself that, yeah, an element of reminding yourself are there, but actually, if there's a negative thought comes up, turn it 180 degrees and, and make it a positive one. And in fact, we had we had one at the pool the other day. I'm falling over trying to take a wetsuit off and I'm going, God, I've got no core strength. And you're going, well, you have. So, so the next thing I go, yeah, I've got really good core strength. And so suddenly I have got really core strength. It is you know it's it, it's the power of the word isn't it but it did take a couple of days to kind of quash it and turn it around into actually you're, you're nearly halfway you're having a brilliant time everything's on track just keep going chat 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 <laughs> <laughs> chit chat chat yeah that's amazing I like, I like the I like that glad uh the glad yeah, game the it's yeah, like the gratitude, like gratitude isn't it it's just being being grateful for, for where you are and what you're doing and I think as um, athletes and when I say the word athlete I mean anybody who's chosen to do any physical activity no matter whether it's 268 miles or swimming a mile or whatever it may be but it's about being kind to yourself yeah. and and because rewarding yourself and being grateful for giving yourself yeah. the opportunity to have a go I think is so important it's something we all we, we all do or don't do enough of in my opinion I think I also believe that if you don't, and I say this to my, my kids, if you don't love yourself, how is anyone else going to love you? You know, if you don't have an opinion of yourself, the vibes you're giving off, other people are just going to pick up on that. So, so there needs to be a bit of self-love and self-care, and then people around you will, will rise to it. They'll be inspired by it. They'll want to be with you 
I want to be around you. It, it's hard, but it's but it's worth it. Absolutely, absolutely. The, the you've done lots of lots of great things. I'm going to list off a few that I know. So you've obviously mentioned the Marathon des Sables. You've done the Spine Race twice. Um, you've you've had a go at a Channel Relay a couple of times. The devices to Westminster um, canoe and kayak uh, challenge. Um, but one of the things that really it made my kind of ears prick up this year was when you you dropped into casually dropped into conversation <laughs> that you're going up to the originally the North Pole to collect some ice samples as a as a, a team an all ladies team pulling your own sleds across across the snow and the ice. Now, obviously, with the Ukraine stuff, that got sort of cancelled, postponed, and realigned um, to Svalbard in Norway, wasn't it? I mean, as far as a challenge goes, that's another level because that's more exploration. It's research. It's um, it's it's cold. It's it's like there's danger. There's there's a lot of stuff up there. I've never been to that environment myself. I know a few people, a handful of people such as yourself that have. But I'm interested to know how all of the challenges and environments you've kind of tested yourself against or in. Uh, kind of set you up to actually consider giving that a go? Well, I've wanted to go to the North Pole since I was seven, along with swimming the Channel and rowing the Atlantic and haven't done any of them yet. But um, so in in 2020, a Facebook request came out for look uh, from a woman called Felicity Aston. She's polar royalty. She was the first woman to ski um, across Antarctic. And she was looking or is looking has put a team of six women, of which I'm one of them, to go to the North Pole to collect samples of the frozen sea ice for scientific um, study. Because any modelling about climate change and global warming has um, thus far for the North Pole been done by modelling from satellites. So as far as we know, no one's actually collected samples from 90 degrees north, 90 degrees north being being the um, North Pole. And in 2021, the season was cancelled because of COVID. And in fact, in 2022, as you've quite rightly said, the the only company for whom it's commercially viable to take people sort of that far north is Russian using Ukrainian planes. (laughs) Not not a great partnership at the moment. (laughs) Correct. And and actually, just to be part of the team. So what's happened is, so the first person who ever skied to the North Pole, that was in 1969, the first time any, the last time anyone went there from land to the North Pole was 2014. The ice is melting so quickly that no one can ski from land to the North Pole on ice because it's melting. So 2018 was the last time anyone skied what we're now trying to do, which is known as the last degree, which means we ski from 89 degrees north, about 70 nautical miles to 90 degrees north. And along those 70 miles, we'll be collecting samples of the sea ice for, for, for study. But, um, and the last time anyone was able to do that was in 2018. So I, I have to say, I'm not sure anyone will ever get to the North Pole again, because there's only the Russians who can, can get you there. They need to use Ukrainian planes, and the fact is it's melting. So in my lifetime, the first and the last person has been able to ski any distance to the North Pole. I mean, um, I think that's terrible. I think that's shocking. And I think it's a race we should be, we, we, we all should be 
embarrassed about that. And, and I'm saying this because what's happened is in October last year, we went to Iceland as a training trip to collect samples. And I stood at the top of the biggest glacier in Europe, um, in Iceland, and it's 8,000 cubic meters of ice. As far as the eye can see, there is a glacier, but the rate at which it's melting is exponentially increasing. And from that volume, I thought, I actually can see that the Maldives are going to disappear. You know, that London within 50 to 100 years will be underwater. And I sound quite alarmed when I, when I say this, because we should be alarmed and it is happening. But as a, as a human species, we're not taking it seriously enough. So I think what's happened is that in Iceland, and then, as you said, in April, we were in Svalbard collecting ice samples from the frozen sea in the fjords. And that's about 400 miles south of the North Pole. So it's the closest anyone can get at the moment. And it is really, it's really changed my outlook on life because... I've been shocked by how the science has interested me. I thought I would just be interested in going somewhere cold and, and pulling a sled and getting to the North Pole. But actually what's happened is I've become a sustainability bore and a global warming bore. Um, and, and that's led on to other things. But yeah, so the trip essentially is we pull... So we're a scientific expedition. We pull everything we need for the 10, 14 days, three weeks however long we'll need to be on the ice, in a sled behind us. And of course, it gets heavier as the time goes on because we're filling it with samples we're bringing back. And it, it weighs 85 kilos at the end. The temperatures are, are difficult to handle because one day we had minus two degrees. We are down to our T-shirt and we are sweating our butts off, which you don't want to do because the minute you stop, the sweat freezes and you're in trouble. And then other days we had minus 22. So if you imagine a 20 degrees change positive, you know, if we walked out, it's 25 degrees today. If we walked out and it was 45, how much hotter that would feel. This feels that much colder. The minute, the second you take your gloves off, you've probably got about 30 seconds before you lose dexterity in your fingers at minus 15 and colder. You're constantly what I call trimming the sails, so hood up, hood down, hat on, hat off, gloves on, gloves off, to control our body temperature. And everything is hard work. We've got these huge boots. You know, when we stop to camp, it takes two hours to pitch the tents, pile everything in the snow, get the, the stove going, collect snow to melt the water, hang up your sweaty socks, and, and then start doing the science from the samples we've collected. And so... Everything takes a long time. Everything has to be done very slow and methodically because you've got these great big gloves on, you've got goggles on, hat on. So there's no bit of skin exposed, for example. So you can't just pick up a shovel. <laughs> and actually, I completely loved it. I absolutely was in my element. And I think, I think it's because I'm quite diligent and the, and, and the processes engaged me so I, I loved the systems to put the tent up for example and I couldn't understand why everybody else hadn't color-coded their socks you know I thought because oh. <laughs> <laughs> all the socks get hung up oh my god me and my socks so all the socks get hung up in the tent and because we've been um, sponsored all our kit is the same 
So everyone's got the same of everything, but because you've got to do everything so slowly and deliberately and it's all an effort, we colour code everything so that you're not putting on someone else's socks or you're, you know, the wind can be so loud, you can't hear yourselves talk to each other. So you need to be able to do everything without, without really referring to each other. So actually, when one of my te- uh, tent mates hadn't colour-coded her socks, I did give her a hard time, and she equally gave me a hard time. And then everything is limited, so we've got, like, one pack of tissues a day. I mean, why do those things become important? She was giving them away. I was like, no, no, they're yours. Stop. I can't you. No, you keep those two, you know, it, and maybe we're back to that teamwork, you know, but... But actually, so then what's happening with the with the science is we've got these samples. I'm collecting the samples, oh my goodness, for black carbon. Black carbon is soot, it's it's fossil fuels that haven't burnt. And the ice is pristine white, or it should be. It reflects the sunlight, so therefore it doesn't warm up. But what's happening, or the hypothesis is that um, black carbon and other heavy metals like mercury and lead and microplastics are now in the sea ice it is changing the color it's making it darker so that it's absorbing more sunlight warming up and melting and then of course when you've got open water uh, and there is open water then that's absorbing sunlight really quickly and warming up so the oceans are getting warmer the arctic and the polar regions are warming three times faster than the equator so you know, we have got a number of years, decades left. So the samples I collect have gone to NASA, to Professor Uliana, who works on the space station and studies dust from Mars and the moon. And then she's got my samples. So the point of all of this is, oh my goodness, my life has gone into this amazing place of cutting edge science the science isn't cutting edge the theory is 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 pretty straightforward but i'm absolutely at the apex of of global warming and what is happening to the arctic so even though we haven't got to the north pole the samples we collected from iceland and svalbard and wherever we'll get next year are really really crucial to be able to demonstrate and and prove or disprove that that hypothesis and it's part of what I think's made me kind of grow up and get a bit serious and realise actually isn't just about going to work and enjoying your free time and being an athlete. If you want to do something physical, it's this is this is cutting edge stuff. And I just feel amazed to be part of it um, and bring some of the sort of tenacity and the diligence of the physicality of it and be a worthy member of the expedition. Does that sound like a bit of a speech? Is that okay? I... No, it's amazing. Really, no, honestly, I, I, I was just getting lost in 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 listening to, to, to that whole thing. Because if you look at like, you know, we've talked about a lot, the spine race as a physical challenge, it's kind of, it's quite, you know, you can go into the depth of, you know, how, how you get there, but in essence, it's quite one dimensional. You just need to get from A to B um, to reward yourself for, 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 for starting and finishing um whereas what you're talking about there in terms of the challenge of going to the north pole and all the challenges that it's already thrown up the way i think of it is you know if i was in your put myself in your shoes i think i would be sort of like oh my god like what an amazing opportunity like unbelievable opportunity yet there'd be part of me that's kind of quiet 
harrowed by the fact that it's come out of the state of what's going on on, on the planet so you've got these two different emotions of like absolutely awesome brilliant challenge but also this kind of like oh my god this is the reasons why we're doing this are pretty severe and, yeah and, they, and... they are and and the, the the capture of my imagination by the science and the and the magnitude and the enormity of what we're doing did take me by surprise I thought I would just pull my load and 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 be a you know be a sort of a bird and a beast getting there and and hopefully keeping everybody smiling on the way and that's that's also kind of fallen into place with training with you and 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 all that you guys do in terms of just being a bit a bit serious and and what I also found to be a really complete surprise is it's translated into my professional work as well my my day job and I've been doing my job for 35 years but I found renewed vigor whereas I've got truthfully a bit complacent and I felt I always knew the answers it's really made me question how I do my job and how I treat my team and um and how I treat people around me and that's been from sort of taking my physical training seriously and then the importance of this sustainability work and just being challenged by by you I suppose and by following a formal training plan and in fact, then the other thing I dropped in, didn't I, is that um, I have applied to do a master's in urban sustainability at Oxford, which is something a year ago I, you know, I just would never have dreamt of doing. Like me, that, you must be joking. And now just getting the application in feels like an achievement. And if they don't offer me a place, that's fine. I'll, I'll go and do something else. But it's it's the holistic. It's, if one bit of your life's going really well, it 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 translates into all the other areas and I didn't expect that to happen either um, and I sort of want to say thank you for that because you gave me the breadth to realise you you can do all these things and they are all symbiotic um, and that's that has really surprised me this year it's been a revelation. Oh so that's, that's very kind and obviously yeah, you're very welcome it's, a, <laughs> it's um, you know working with people such as yourself is a real privilege for me um because I get to kind of experience through you the things that you do and that you man manage to achieve and set yourself and on that note I wanted to get your take on uh in your opinion what makes a great challenge this is an easy one I I, I can do. it absolutely has to move you emotionally you know when you well up and your bottom lip quivers and you've got to put your fist in your eyes because you're going to cry and you just have to go oh my goodness, I really want to do that. And it's a physical reaction, an emotional reaction. And then you rationalise it and you think, right, okay, I've already pressed enter, it's too late, I've paid the fee, I'm doing it. I'm going to make that application to Oxford or I'm, I'm going to get married or I'm going to go and live on the other side of the world or whatever it is, that's the challenge. If you get that emotional reaction, do it, you know, because you will find a way but if you if you just think, oh, that would be nice, or somebody says it would be good to do, it's not going to happen because it's going to be really hard, right? It is, it is going to be really hard. And you have to remember and um, just come back to kind of come back to that feeling. I um, I remembered not finishing 10B in 2013, right? I got pulled on the bike. I had 10 miles to go, 12 miles to go. I was at Narberth and I came home. And I could not say the I would. I was so upset. I was because because I just had 
lived and breathed being an Ironman for about 18 months. And my family said to me, oh, it doesn't matter. You're still an Ironman. I thought, oh, actually, it doesn't matter to anyone else. It really only mattered to me. Like, no one else is judging me as a failure. I'm just doing that for myself. And quietly, I realised it didn't matter to them. only mattered to me. Press enter, go back and do it the next year instead. But <laughs> the, the point is, it's still, it's made me cry you know it made me cry wanting to make those kids proud to think they had an iron man uh, iron man as a mom but actually they didn't they didn't really care they loved me anyway but it moved me so much i had to go i had to go back and give it another go it kind of ties back into that perception of self right and you know the pressure that we put on ourselves that sometimes is completely put on by ourselves and not other people um which kind of in a way helps us drive to do the things that we want to achieve but can also be a real inhibitor to our the messages that we're sending ourselves and telling ourselves um Definitely. yeah 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 the, the next question for you i know you've achieved a lot some of which we haven't even talked about at all but in your opinion your greatest achievement so far um why do I instantly want to say giving birth at home? That, <laughs> that, that, yeah. uh, that greatest, is a greatest, challenge yeah, in greatest, itself. Yeah, greatest achievements, greatest moments. Um, ACDC live at Wembley, that's quite a <laughs> Nice <laughs> one. Proud, yeah. Um, I think it has to be the spine because I absolutely rocked it. And I can say that with great pride and with self-esteem and I've never finished an event or anything for that matter I probably could even have given birth better I I don't think I've ever felt that as as deeply as I felt it finishing at 3am a couple of weeks ago oh god that bit will make me cry (laughs) (laughs) it's so nice it's so nice to hear um but it's how do I want to phrase this it's so nice to have someone like yourself on the podcast who can really kind of shine a light onto the kind of the inner workings of why you undertake what you do and you know there's people out there that probably do do you know big ultra events similar to you that maybe they don't get so affected on a deep level of of how how or why they do it but it's really refreshing and it's really interesting to hear someone who's undertaken some very extreme things and to get really into your reasons why and it and it's clear that it does benefit you in so many ways physiologically physically and 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 emotionally um and I want to thank you for that for your for your sort of your honesty and opening up and I'm I'm pretty sure a lot of the listeners will kind of maybe listen a few times back to this because there's quite a few little nuggets (laughs) of of things that people can take away and and listen to and try and apply for them into their own kind of approach to some of the challenges that that we all face whether that's on a sort of daily basis or the, the the kind of the physical side of things that we like to challenge ourselves to but it's normal, Ali, isn't it, for all those things to be connected? I mean, I, there's also a bit of me that thinks the moment you know you're never going to make a podium, life's much simpler. And I know you've, you know, you've competed at a very high-end elite end, but but even at that level, do you, do you find it all connects, you know, all strands of your life coming together in harmony and just feeling so... good about yourself? A couple of things. I don't. I wouldn't ever say I've competed at elite level. Just put that out there. <laughs> I've, I've kind of put myself in the best possible position. Looking back to kind of have a go at you know going far as fast as possible and for me, uh, etc. And you know, I guess tying into those sort of physiological, physical, emotional kind of 
things that we kind of learn and grow through exercise and through sport I think I've I've learned more about that sort of as I've kind of come away from the more competitive side of of, of racing and triathlon and come more to the kind of my coaching philosophy working with people like yourself and really actually understanding how so closely woven that kind of um that sort of um that web of stuff is that to, to help you become the best version of yourself or continue to thrive to be the best version of yourself you know you look at you've mentioned about finances today that comes into it you mentioned about very, a lot about the emotional side of growth about the physical side of growth your resilience etc and I think it's really I, I keep learning about this all you know almost every day via people such as yourselves and work on my myself etc so yeah I think it is really important and it's really clear and obvious how they all intertwine but Personally, I don't think you're going to get the best out of yourself until you realise that. And a mm. lot of people, and this isn't a criticism, but a lot of people getting into sport, let's use triathlon as an example, because we both understand triathlon quite well. It's very much at the beginning, it's about the physical side. We've got to train, 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 train. And then over time, you'll start to see that individual start to learn a bit more about themselves and grow more as an athlete rather than just a swim bike runner and as an athlete it's about having an understanding of those other areas that are equally as important if not more so important than just the physical ability to thrash yourself and push yourself so I think you know for me you know I'm 40 now looking back over the last 10-12 years if I'd have had the knowledge that I have now about myself I probably could have pushed push myself probably not but I probably could have got more out of myself than I managed to because I didn't maybe understand myself how I do mm. now if that makes mm. sense yeah definitely and 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 it is yeah, it feels a bit indulgent to say spend some time thinking about yourself but actually you're not going to be any good to anybody else if you don't understand yourself because they're not going to get you and if they don't get you you can't give your best it's but it's back to this kind of pendulum I think you know however hard or easy it is at one end, the pendulum swings the other way, and you 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 think the energy levels or the 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 outcomes they balance. You can sort of tick along at the bottom, or you can have a big swing and and really enjoy it, or really hate it, and it, it's going to come back to the other side. But yeah, you've got to you've got to understand yourself, and maybe maybe that comes with age and experience. It does come with age and experience, doesn't it? Oh, definitely. I think I think it really does. I think. You know, particularly as a guy growing up, it's very much kind of like oh, I just go as fast as far and as hard as I can <laughs> in basically anything that you do, and then you get to a point where actually that that's only going to get you so far. And sort of understanding the softer side of yourself and how to apply that is actually really, really, really useful. Yeah, but yeah, I think so. First of all, and I know I've said it just now, but thank you so much for giving up your Friday sort of afternoon nap time. <laughs> for yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, we should put that up there on the list of things to do. <laughs> Go and have an afternoon nap. It's amazing. The power of the power nap. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I really appreciate you coming on to the podcast and, and opening up and, and sharing your wealth of stories and experience. It's It's been really, again, it's been really useful for me hosting this episode um there's things i'm going to go away and think about that you said and i'm sure the listeners will too um but yeah thank you so much and i'm really looking forward to the to the next chapter 
Um, oh, is, thank you. Is there any way that people can reach out to you if they feel they want to? Uh, yeah, so Andrea Forwell at hotmail.com and I'm on Facebook, although I don't post anything so I'm too busy doing it. But if you would like to know more about the work we're doing on the North Pole Challenge, big, B-I-G, standing for before it's gone. So B-I-G northpole.com. And we're all there and what we're up to and what's happening with our samples um, is all on that website. So B-I-G, big, northpole.com. But thank you. No, amazing opportunity. Who who doesn't want to sit here and talk about themselves for an hour or so? <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. I'm so grateful. Well, look, uh, and thank you very much to all the listeners for tuning in for yet another episode of the Evolve Part. I genuinely really appreciate your support. And, you know, as ever, if you do really enjoy the content and you feel it's useful for yourselves, it may well be useful for someone else. So please don't hesitate to share, leave a review on the Apple Podcasts and uh, just, yes, yeah, spread the word. And I will be back in a couple of weeks with some more content for you lovely people. So, yeah, look after yourself and enjoy the lovely weather. Thanks, everybody.